0: Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered
1: by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.
0: This is Unspoiled covering Hannibal, Season 1, Episode 10, Buffet Fois. In this episode, everything is creepier Grosser and scarier than usual. Welcome to Unspoiled. Hey, everybody!
1: Did the news get around about a guy named Butcher Pete? Old Pete just flew into this town and he's chopping up all the women's meat. He keeps hacking and whacking and
0: slacking. He keeps hacking and whacking and slacking. He keeps hacking and whacking and slacking. He just hack. Me. You oh, man. Show.
1: That about sums up this show. Hang on to that description and just reiterate it every couple of episodes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I just like, I was watching this, doing that thing that it's basically live tweeting on the yep. Facebook group. Yep. I could not handle it. I just rewatched it and it's so funny how much like more blasé I was about stuff <laughs> compared to the first time when I was just losing my damn mind. Yeah. But. It is, I, there's so, okay, let's just deal with this right now. Okay. You had hinted about, why do you think Hannibal doesn't want him to go and get an MRI, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, because he doesn't want him looking at a problem that isn't there. (laughs) Oh, no, it's because he smelled his fucking encephalitis and is just like, but I'd like to play with this. Right. And I was saying that I was I really hoped that he wasn't poisoning Will because I feel like that's not him. I but agree. for something to have been there and him not mess with it, that makes total sense. Like yeah. I completely, it's not the same thing at all. So, okay, show, fine, fine.
1: I I, <laughs> I loved that, and you know, there's, I I wasn't consciously thinking of it while I was watching the show, but after they revealed that he has encephalitis, it occurred to me that there was a very real chance the show could have just gone like, Oh yeah, he's crazy. Oh right? yeah. That's just it. Will's just nuts. And like, that's, I guess that works. And generally that's good enough for most shows, mm-hmm. but I like that. It's, he's not, it's not just that he's crazy. He has an actual illness.
0: Like,
1: yeah He has an actual illness.
0: Yeah. Um, which is, I really want to know where he even got that from. You just get it from mosquitoes. I've heard can happen. He lives in the country. I mean, sure. maybe, um, but I would be really curious to know the backstory on that and how long he's had it for. Right. Um, Cause it seems like, I don't even remember how far back it was that we first heard Hannibal being like change the aftershave. So I can't even imagine how long he's had it for. It's gotta well, be.
1: They say in this episode, I think when it's Hannibal and Jack talking, I think, or maybe it's Hannibal and the, the doctor, but they, Talk about how these the symptoms have been occurring over the past two or three months, which is approximately the same amount of time he's been working with Jack. Right. So either he got it early on and it's just been blossoming over the course of the episodes or he's had it for a while. But this working with Jack has just kind of like exacerbated it. I don't really know anything at all about encephalitis, so I don't know if that's how it works, <laughs> like being in a stressful work environment or like a brain intensive job <laughs> will maybe make it work.
0: Faster. I I was looking into it a little bit once I found out that was what it was. Honestly, like a lot of the symptoms that Will is experiencing aren't even listed as encephalitis symptoms. So okay. I'm not really sure how much of it is that, how much of it is that Will is a little bananas, and how much of it is that the show just wants to do what it wants to do, regardless okay. of what the actual symptoms are. So because you know they can have hallucinations but it's like pretty rare mm-hmm. um and the whole like spatial problem is really like basically the disease has to be so far advanced at that point for this to be a very common occurrence that you're almost guaranteed to die once that starts happening okay and uh this, I'm hoping, is not what happens to Will. And assuming that there's three seasons, I guess he's not going to die from it. But, you know.
1: Speaking of which, as we as we record this, the third season of Hannibal has just started. I'm actually, my girlfriend is waiting in the other room. I've moved, by the way. I'm living with my girlfriend now. Yay. Yay. Uh, but she's in the other room, and as soon as we're done recording, we're going to watch last night's episode. I'm super excited.
0: Um, I have just heard nothing but great things about the uh, new season, so...
1: Yeah, so we're only two episodes in. That's we're actually getting. We don't have since so we don't have cable or like a box or anything anymore. We just bought it on iTunes, so every Friday morning the new episode's going to download.
0: Yay! And
1: yeah, but I just I loved the first episode so much, and I can't wait for us to get there to talk about it because it's just so cool.
0: <laughs> um, how many now? This season, I know we've been over this a trillion times, and I'm sorry. Mm. This season has uh 15 episodes. 13 13 next season has the same number
1: i believe so yeah
0: okay so i'm guessing season three probably will too
1: yeah and so we should be getting to you know season three is going to end i think right as we're closing in on the start of it for this show i think
0: Ooh, alan do you want to do a spree cast for the finale of season one sure yay i'm gonna schedule that
1: cool i gotta go make myself look beautiful
0: it's so funny i'm coming to the finale of a lot of stuff all at once Um, Mm. the second Harry Potter book, I'm doing the finale episode on Monday. Game Ah, of Thrones is the finale on Tuesday. I'm recording Empire. I'm recording in like two, uh, two weeks from now or three weeks from now is the finale for that. And three weeks from now will be the finale for this. So although,
1: and you must've just recorded the finale for the wire, right?
0: Yes. Just recorded that yesterday. And I watched Mm. the premiere of season three last night. I love season three. So, and Tyrese is here and Peter yeah. Baelish is here. And I'm just like, everybody's happy. Um, for now. But for yeah, well, yeah,
1: but I think TV has just become, you know, instead of it being 24 episodes, 22 episodes, 26 episodes, like it was for years and years and years. Now all TV is at about 13 episodes. Um, but not all TV, all non-network TV.
0: I was going to say like, hmm
1: um, <laughs> You know, that tends to, that's kind of the standard now. And you started up a lot of these kind of in close proximity to each other. So, yeah, I think you're going to be, I think you'll probably find like this a lot.
0: Um, but. Okay. So this episode starts off. Mm. I thought at first that we were at Will's house because it's a very country house. Yes. But it turns out we're at this rando girl's house and it's like the creepiest haunted house ever like jason is hiding in all the closets we
1: start off in a horror movie yeah we start off like in the grudge three
0: completely and this is when i like immediately just started to lose my shit when i was watching i'm like i'm not here for this no please don't and she fucking these people i hate them we go up into the attic because she hears something of course she she you don't go in the attic. Nobody does this. When you hear a noise, you don't go towards it. You just stay in bed and hope it goes away. And if it doesn't go away, then you just die and you don't (laughs) go to it because it's terrible. Every time people go to (laughs) investigate stuff, I'm like, nah, I would be hiding in bed and just pr- planning how I, whether I would attack with my nails or try and like, you know, what, what am I going to use as my weapon once this intruder eventually makes it to my bedroom?
1: And this is why you don't get a TV show.
0: That's probably true. Um, but I,
1: but I love when they're, uh, the re- the way that she sees, she realizes something's wrong as she's laying in bed and there's like this like leak thing that starts to spread on the ceiling, but then it moves like footsteps.
0: Mm-hmm. And I was and,
1: like, oh, no, is yeah, it a and, water
0: ghost? Well, that's like. just for a second. I'm like, wait, what show is this? Right. And and then when she goes up there, the windows open and she's just like, oh, the windows just open weird and just closes it. And I'm like, bitch, that window just doesn't pop open. It's fi- no, it it's like flat. Like, you know, it's not going to.
1: No, doesn't she? see? It's a big hole in the, uh, in, the in the ceiling.
0: Oh, OK. That's what. Yeah. Oh wow! I don't even, yeah. know, I didn't even realize. Well, it's, it's that's even. Of, so, what's she just leaving? And she's no, just she, gonna go back to bed. What was she gonna no, do? She goes
1: back. She she covers it up with like a tarp. Yeah, she like staples a tarp to the ceiling because she's not outside and she doesn't see the footprints on the on the roof. That was the, the best. Snow.
0: That was the best because you know what? I'm so fucking stupid that I saw the footprints and I'm like, oh, something crawled out and and left her house. (laughs) Yeah, that's it, Taj. That's the show we're watching. Are you fucking kidding me? Uh, It was like a full minute before I was like, wait, no, I don't think that's what happened. I think something is in her house. (laughs) It's like it fucking
1: hit me. I think she's catching on.
0: Oh, my God.
1: Uh, And speaking of things that this show does a lot, this is yet another pale brunette. And remember my thing about how I have trouble identifying people for some weird reason? It took me, not like, not not forever, but there's like 10 seconds, the first 10 seconds of seeing her, I'm sitting there going like, wait, is that
0: Abigail? Is that
1: that Abigail? No, that's not Abigail. She's older than Abigail. Is that, what's her face, psychologist woman? Like, no, no, no. Okay, no, wait, she's feeding a bird. We don't know any birds. She must be new.
0: She genuinely does look like everybody. Like, I totally understand what you're talking about. Yep.
1: Yeah. But, uh, but anyway, so it, we, she, she doesn't last long. So she goes and she fixes the thing. She heads back to bed and there's like wet footsteps on the floor.
0: And this and is then, when she starts to get scared. Okay. Now. And Jesus. then
1: just in time to get sucked under the bed again, like the fucking grudge. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> I'm like, guys, really? Are we going to do this? But it kind of works. So I'm fine with it
1: yeah no it's i loved it i was immediately like "Ooh, what's this because you know it's not it's not going to be an unquiet spirit it's not going to be there's going to be something there that makes some kind of sense eventually but what the
0: hell is it and the fact that it was clearly like barefoot footprints yeah you know that's something that's unsettling it's not boots you know it's not just some dude out robbing like this is somebody who's kind of not right in the head walking around in the snow with bare feet right so yeah um Okay, so let's go to Will.
1: Yes, because after this, I love that this show starts with like sort of horror movie horror, and then we go to this is a, this is a pretty quiet scene uh, in terms of tone and everything else. But I think this is so much more terrifying to me than the first scene. <laughs> this is Hannibal and Will talking about Abigail's murder and Nick's murder by Abigail, and uh, yeah, I'm sorry, Nick, Abigail's. Yeah, just talking about Nick's murder by Abigail I need to learn to read my notes in the right order Um, and the and how they lied for her and they're sort of flashing back to the last episode and um, they talk about what it feels like to be alive and does Will feel alive and then then Will starts freaking himself out about his uh, hallucinations and he draws this clock
0: yo this fucking freaked me out
1: (laughs) me too (laughs)
0: It's just like the fact that they they did that little trick where it looks completely normal and then we see it from Hannibal's perspective. And I'm just like, wait, what? Oh, that's bad. Yeah. Like I just got really freaked out.
1: Yeah. And that's and I think uh, maybe it's more common than than I, than I think it is. But I know at least I personally have this deep seated fear that I'm seeing everything way differently than the rest of the world. Mm, <laughs> and I understand I, that. And this just totally played on that idea. He draws the clock and it looks pretty like, yeah, my name is Will and I'm here in the office. Well, 12, 1, 2, 3, 4, rah, 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 rah. and he hands it over to Hannibal and it's completely fucked up. Yep. Everything is over to the side. It looks like someone took the paper and like shook it. So everything got went all over the page.
0: Yeah, that's actually what I was thinking too. That yeah. It was all like pieces and it just got knocked around. Yeah. Um, and-, and that's the thing. It's like, it's not like, because it starts off right the first right. like two, three numbers are in the right spot and curving with the, and then it just like goes completely off the rails.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, Cause if they had gone too far with it and made nothing in the right place, I'd have been like, wait, really guys. But this was just like, no, we're fine. We're fine. What's happening. Like-
1: it's a, yeah. So it's, it's like, you know, when you're, You know, when you're drunk and pulled over by the cops and they are like, walk this straight line for, you know, 30 steps (laughs) and you can do it for, uh, so I see on TV, you can do it for (laughs) like maybe eight steps and then you start to wobble and then you start to go off the line and then you, yeah, you're, you're done. So I see on
0: TV. Yeah. Um, All right. (laughs)
1: So so, uh, after the clock, we get, we go right to the credits and I, I only bring this up. Because uh, I saw, uh, my girlfriend sent this to me, that the credits for this show, I didn't recognize this. The faces in blood
0: Mm -hmm.
1: are of Will, Jack, and Hannibal. Oh, you
0: didn't realize that?
1: I didn't realize that. Oh my god, okay. I had no idea, yeah, that the actors all got like the face scan things. Yeah. And it's their three faces. I thought it was all... Either either it was all Hannibal or it was just a random face, but I didn't notice it was three, three distinct people.
0: Okay. Yeah. yeah. I,
1: I never saw that before. And apparently Will and Jack have their eyes closed and Hannibal has his eyes open. Mm-hmm. And that's intention. Yeah. Nope. That's news to me. But okay. I guess I'm just slow
0: on that. Um, so. I just want to step back and go back into that scene for a second, though, with Will yeah. and Hannibal. Because yeah. when he's talking about the fact that, you know, the unrealness of taking a life... The unreality, mm. I think, is what he says, yeah. and then that people are just light and color. And Will says, "Is that? Isn't that what it means to be alive?" And Hannibal just says, "Do you feel alive, Will?" And I was like, "Dude, like he's just so judgmental in tone." And, it just his... felt like not him for a second. Okay, like, I think that... he's. I think it is him. Like I feel like he's trying to throw Will off here, but. It, it was just so sort of snotty to me. <laughs> I don't well, know. You
1: know. I think it's another instance of like, I, I, kind of, I want to get inside this guy's head. I don't. I want to know what he's feeling. I, I want to just put that out there and see what happens, like he's so fond of doing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And Will's response to that, by the way, he says, I feel like I'm fading.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Which, Which makes also,
0: sense. I mean. It,
1: yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're right. I, I did kind of gloss over it to get to the clock thing. But it is kind of an interesting little philosophical conversation. It's, uh, it's very true detective, actually.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, but, um, yeah, and they, they do sort of talk about, well, it's, it's almost a continuation of the conversation they had at the end of last episode, where now all three of them know what Abigail did, and they're going to cover for her, and they're the best people to judge her. and Yeah. Yeah, it's almost a continuation of that.
0: Um, okay, so then credits, and then we go to... Him gutting no. the fish, right?
1: Yes, he's coming back from fishing.
0: Oh my god, I lost my fucking shit. <laughs> I seriously did.
1: And as someone who's never gutted a fish, I was—I I didn't know at first. I'm like, is that what happens? Is that how they... Like, no! Oh, nope, it is nope, not!
0: Nope. <laughs> as somebody who has gutted a fish, fish don't have that much fucking blood. And <laughs> we, it's uh, not that thick and red.
1: I, I did figure it out eventually, but... <laughs>
0: I was seriously like, did somebody like play a trick on him? Did somebody put something in that fish to just like mess with him? What the fuck is happening?
1: Yeah. And it turns into a woman and he's covered in blood.
0: And she's like choking on her own blood and like spurting it into his face as she coughs. And it's just the worst thing.
1: And then he suddenly wakes up and he's in a room covered in blood with this woman and runs out the door. And
0: and he's like straddling her on top of her. Yeah. Like, this is no joke.
1: Yeah. And then, uh, then, then he opens the door and everyone's there. It's a crime scene. He's in the middle of it and he had no idea.
0: Oh, my God. That was so... They fucking made me think he lost time and killed somebody <laughs> and I was so pissed. I was like, was he the crazy wandering around in the snow in his bare feet while he was dreaming? Because I would honestly lose it. I was... They – told this show keeps getting – they keep getting me and I resent being fooled. I hate it and they can just go to hell. Honestly, I don't really – like it's brilliant because I genuinely – I can't be fooled that easily because TV shows are pretty bad at that. But – so I admire that they actually pull it off. But oh, and I love that know.
1: they keep changing – and they they keep upping the stakes with these hallucinations because – we have He's been doing this enough that when it happens, it can still throw you off. You're like, oh, okay, it's another hallucination. But, like, no, this time everyone's there and he clearly doesn't know where he is. Yeah. And not only has – and even that's happened before, but this time he did this on the job. He has contaminated the crime scene, which he has never, never, never done.
0: That was the first thing that came to my head. I'm like, does he have the fucking murder weapon in his hand? I just, like – I, there's something I think about the fact that I have a, a little bit of an OCD personality that okay. when I watch crime shows and I watch the way people handle like evidence, even if they pick it up with a like a handkerchief or something, I'm always like, you're still going to smudge the prints, hold it by the end. Like I'm really like kind of <laughs> crazy with that. So when I saw him straddling the body, getting his... Like f- fibers from his fabric all over her, his knees in the puddle of blood, her blood all over his clothes, his hand all over the murder weapon, and his hand on her body. I'm like, you just fucked this so badly. What are you? I, I just really got like mad at him, even though it's not his fault. But still, I was like, kind of. Sh- I wanted to slap and shake him. Was how I felt.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and I they. Evolve this into this conversation between Will and Jack about what the hell happened. And I love it because Will is – we've seen him scared about this stuff before and him kind of losing it over this. And we've seen him even try to talk to Jack about it. Mm-hmm. And But in this scene, he's just – he's super defensive, almost like angry.
0: Yeah. He, and it's and- – I mean it, I think he's angry because Jack has never shown himself like really to be – worried about him and i think he feels kind of like oh you're worried now it's too fucking late now but thanks though you know like
1: sure i can definitely see that um yeah his his not his alibi his, his reasoning he says i got confused i got lost in the reconstruction and jack says i've seen you confused and i've seen you upset i've never seen you afraid like this what happened yeah and will just keeps trying to brush it off and jack will not let it go and then Will calls him out. I love this too. He calls him out on the Dr. Lecter thing saying, you sent me to Dr. Lecter so you wouldn't have to worry about my mental well-being and we can keep that all unofficial. And like you said, he's just, he's suddenly just like, oh, so mm-hmm. now you figured it out? Then yeah, I'm fucked up. And it ends with him again, just sort of calling Jack out on his, the thing that almost defines his character. He asks, do you have anyone who does this better unbroken than I do in broken?
0: And that's when Jack says, fear makes you rude, Will. And I was just like, <laughs> did he just do like a, a snap and a neck roll? He just seemed so like, I don't know. I just kind of loved him in this scene, honestly, because he really isn't having it. He's like, you know what? When I wasn't worried about you, I was sincerely not worried. Now I'm worried and it is sincere also. I am... It took me a while to get on board, but now I'm here, so just deal with it and stop being a fucking brat. Is and Like, I just... The two of them are just so at odds all the time. And it's not even like they're either of them really in the wrong. I feel like Jack can be way more abrasive and way too single-minded and not care about somebody like an individual's well-being compared to their, you know, the overall well-being of a case. But in some ways that you need people like that. You really do. And especially in that job. So I can't really fault him for it. But it's just funny. Just. They both are committed. They're, well, oh, man, I shouldn't <laughs> use that word. Well, Anyway, moving on.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, it's, I, just, I really like that conversation because it's, it's a version of the conversation we've had that they've had before. But the roles are almost reversed or or it's in, it's in a different like tempo mm-hmm. than we've had before. Um, anyway, we're back to the crime scene and the, the forensics team sort of sort of giving will shit because his DNA is everywhere.
0: Oh my God. I love that. Well, I've got some fresh prints on here. I'm guessing those are yours. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, all right.
1: Uh, and they do find DNA from the killer, but they said it's like too diseased and dead to be useful.
0: Oh my God. When she's like, she um, gouged all this skin up, but there's no blood. I was like, ew, yeah. what could do that? It turns mm-hmm. out what can do that is just as horrible as I thought it would be.
1: Yeah. <laughs> And I loved it. Like she's got this, the, like the Irish smile.
0: Yes. And
1: I, I just, that's always one of the creepiest things to me.
0: Yeah. That really mess. like the way that Hannibal's like, yeah, I'm going to do that, but dial it to 11 oh, later. I was like, you fucker. It's so creepy. It remind. You, have you ever seen Buffy? Oh yeah. Um, I feel like I don't want to spoil people, but there's a scene where the first evil comes to somebody disguised as an ex character and her mouth opens after she's done with this really creepy ass speech mm. and it continues to open and open until the mouth basically reverse swallows her and It is one of the scariest moments in that show. It's brilliantly done. And this reminded me of how she looks just before it really goes out of control. Because there's a moment when you're like, what's wrong with her mouth? And you don't realize that it's like a a special effect. And then it keeps going and you're like, oh, shit. That's how it looked to me. I was like, what is that? Oh, my God. She tried to tear her face open. It was just, oh, I hated it.
1: So creepy. (laughs) but uh so yeah that's the crime scene it's contaminated but they sort of get some interesting evidence but not quite what they would have expected Mm -hmm. um then we're back in hannibal's office and it's hannibal and will and will sort of explaining what it was like to be the killer and how the killer was lonely desperate and sad Mm -hmm. and he can't remember the crime scene before he saw himself killing her still can't he remembers cutting into her remembers watching her die he says, I know what kind of crazy I am, and I am not that kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, And this is where Hannibal sort of gives in and says, let's go see a neurologist.
0: Yeah. I think that – I think Hannibal – I have such mixed feelings on this because on the one hand, I don't really understand what – he's truly getting out of this it's kind of where i'm i stand right now it makes sense to me that the nature of the human mind like he speaks with his colleague later Mm -hmm. is so fascinating to him that he would just want to watch this play out but also the fact that will's mind is so unusual and he does understand hannibal or he would understand hannibal um in such a way that corrupting that and him wanting to do that is surprising so is it just for funsies just to see what happened is there an ultimate goal to any of it that's what i'm really curious about is like why what the end game is here you know
1: i you know i kind of thought that it was him i think it could serve two purposes in one sense if he wants to keep his cover as a respectable person there is a point where he has to sort of involve the medical community with what's going on with Will.
0: Right, or else it's going to start to seem suspicious.
1: Right. And then on the other hand, so this stuff is going on. Will's going nuts. He's seeing hallucinations, he's contaminating crime scenes. He's doing, I, I can almost see him saying, like, okay, I've seen what happens at this level of the game. So let's see what happens if I take it to the next level. Let's see what happens if I put him in, if I give him this a bit of a, are we, we, let's just take this one step further and see what continues to happen. And he doesn't just go bring him to anybody. He brings him to someone he knows. He Mm -hmm. brings him to somebody that clearly, I feel like clearly Hannibal set out from the beginning. Let's go find this out. But then let's toy with this guy too. This is someone I can manipulate.
0: Yeah, I totally see that. Okay. That's fair.
1: yeah, I think it's just him wanting to change the change the game a little bit, and see what that has, see what happens if he does.
0: Have we seen Will drink?
1: I don't think so. Maybe, maybe just uh, like maybe wine with dinner or something when he was with Hannibal or something along those lines. But
0: I'm trying to think, like, because when we see him eat with Hannibal, Hannibal makes breakfast at one point. Right. And he comes in and has the dessert that's left after that crazy ass cellist leaves. <laughs> but has he ever sat down and really had a meal with him properly, like a dinner?
1: I yes, but I don't think one on one. I think he's been there for other. Th- he was there with oh, Freddy he was Lounds there with Abby and go
0: yeah. Um, I, that's right, the big group dinner.
1: Yeah, I okay. don't believe the two of them have done a one on one except for the breakfast in the first episode. I, I don't think.
0: Um because i'm just wondering like combining alcohol with what's going on oh. what that would do because it feels like it would be a real problem yeah it wouldn't help i know that much <laughs> um all right continue sorry oh,
1: so they go to the they they go to the neurologist they Dr. Sutcliffe and he is an old colleague of Hannibal's this and... dude
0: was i couldn't stop thinking about this he was on sex in the city as this really like Really self-conscious uh, ex Catholic who okay. was afraid of sex because if he felt like it was sinful, and so he would shower immediately after sex. And yeah. so this whole time, he's being very serious and intellectual, and I just kept snickering because I was just <laughs> like, "Ha, ah, sex!" But it was just really like there are some people that just he nailed it so well on no pun intended on Sex in the City that character that I couldn't unsee him in that role and sometimes people can do another thing and it's fine but that one it just was very distracting to me I have to say
1: I recognized him from something too and I meant to look up what it was and I don't know but the whole time he was on screen I was just like oh, oh it's that guy oh what was he in what was I I don't remember the right, role. Yeah. I don't remember that I have no context whatsoever but yeah it was a little distracting to me uh, but we immediately get you know it tells you something about every character when they interact with Hannibal. And the first thing we hear Dr. Sutcliffe say is you're in good hands. Dr. Lecter is one of the sanest men I know.
0: (laughs) That was, and I love when Hannibal replies with, I would have to agree. I'm like, (laughs) Oh, I'm sure you would. Wow. Let's have the insane man discuss his own sanity. That sounds like a real good measure.
1: Yeah. Just immediately says like, okay, yeah, this guy's going to be no help. Yeah. Right. Um, But they talk for a little bit. Will goes for an MRI and Hannibal's hanging out with Dr. Sutcliffe and he guesses encephalitis based on the sense of smell, which we already know is impeccable. And the doctor sort of of, does that. And And,
0: sorry, I was was about to jump ahead. I will wait.
1: (laughs) Well, they, they both agree. He has all the symptoms they talk and they start to talk about, again, they have Hannibal did this with, um, the, the other serial killer where he has this conversation like in code about the, the theoretical benefit of studying someone who has encephalitis if they just let him walk around and to do whatever. Mm-hmm. And we see... Because they're
0: demons. The...
1: <laughs> 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 and Will has, the, Will has a little freak out in the machine. There's lots of picturing the killer hiding under the bed, the, the Irish smile thing. Uh, all these past cases, he has his own little, little freak out of the two. Mm-hmm. And then we see the brain scan and one half of his brain is bright red.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. man, that looks uncomfortable.
1: It looked really bad. I, I don't know how to read that thing, but red is bad and there's a lot of it.
0: <laughs> right? Yeah. And he says the right side of his brain is completely inflamed. Yeah. And I'm like – so because this was another thing when I read about encephalitis, like it being – um one hemisphere of the brain like that is also like not really a thing that seems that common, but who knows? I would be interested to hear from people in the medical community and what that means.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Actually, that would be kind of interesting to see. Obviously the show is going to do whatever is dramatically interesting, but right. You know, that's, uh, And it also helps because the next thing is Sutcliffe talking to Will and says, everything looks fine. And he shows a brain scan that's not the same brain scan at all. It's a perfectly normal picture of a brain.
0: This honestly really – I was just – because of the broadcast and everything and there's a lot going on race-wise in the news and there have been a lot of people bringing up old shit that – um, we have forgotten about or were never told about because if you're patriotic, then you just pretend things never happened, apparently. Okay. And we performed these experiments with all of these kids at this like black, mostly black college where we were telling them we were giving them a vaccine. And in fact, we had been infecting them with syphilis just to mm. watch what happened and just lied to them and let them die. And it was the most hideous thing. And um, it made me think of like genuine, it's it's, so, it's like a much more extreme version of a person who d- knows nothing about cars going to a mechanic and getting fleeced for nothing.
1: Right.
0: You know, I don't know. There's no recourse. You have no power. There's, you can get a second opinion, but if it's somebody who's a colleague like this, it's people look out for each other when they're in the same field. It's just sort of like an instinct in terms of human, you know, human nature. So it's really scary because this kind of shit could very, very well go on and it might seem overdramatic, but we have done some horrible things in the name of science. So
1: are you, are you familiar with the the, um, church and Pike hearings in the seventies? No, it was a thing that was in the wake of Nixon and Watergate and all that stuff where the American public got just, they got fed up the way that we probably ought to be by now. <laughs> and the Congress conducted hearings on the CIA. And this is when they had to open up their files and spill everything they've been doing for the last 30 years. That's like, if you're familiar with MK ultra or any of the, like the they, they, just that sort of stuff, like they're dosing people with LSD and not telling them just to oh see my
0: what God. happened.
1: And just we learned they they were forced to open their books to the American public and explain all the shit they've been doing for the last couple of decades. And it was fascinating and horrifying, and it's the kind of thing – the guy who did it, whoever the director was, never lived it down. And still to this day is sort of like, oh, he was the guy who spilled all our secrets. And so it's never going to happen again
0: it's so creepy to me that like it's the same thing as like edward snowden you know yeah just being like um yeah but this is illegal and people are like government we should support america and i'm just like guys as soon as it's something that you like just don't agree with you try and call him a fascist but now all of a sudden we're just supposed to cover everything up just because it has a fucking flag on it like how does that even what
1: I know. Well, you know, and we and we talked a little bit about this offline a couple of weeks ago, but or off, off air, but um, I, ah. my response to all that stuff is, and it's not my, this, this guy Dan Carlin I listen to is fantastic, but uh, he said in one of his, and it's become sort of my standard response whenever that kind of conversation shows up about Snowden or whoever, is, do you think we're better off knowing this? Would you still rather we had no idea this was going on?
0: Yeah, Exactly. That's what I always wonder is that do people really prefer not to know? Do they really? There was an incredible episode of Black Mirror um, that dealt with sort of like the impact of the truth and whether or not knowing the truth is always the thing and that you want. That show. Ooh, it's a good episode. It's probably my favorite I, one.
1: I uh, still actually, uh, oh, it's the second one with the, uh, the, the black kid on the bicycle and the. <sighs>
0: 15 million merits or 5 That's million merits, merits or whatever yeah, yeah that folks. was just so fucking harsh i,
1: I haven't watched past that yet it's just like okay that was way too heavy oh my god it was, if you guys haven't seen it, it is such a good hour of television
0: if I and hadn't been doing a podcast, I would not have been able to make it past that, because that was gut punch after it's, gut punch.
1: It stopped me. The series is only six episodes long, and I, I haven't made it to episode three yet, because I just said, I'm going to go back to watching The Flash. Right, exactly.
0: I, <laughs> I need a fucking palate cleanser. Thanks, so. though. Yeah.
1: And yeah, that that episode's fantastic. And yeah, that, that's exactly all about the truth. And yeah, it's depressing and horrible and fascinating and brilliant. Mm-hmm. And... And we're way off topic. So. But there are
0: times that I wonder about that, whether the truth is something that's worth it. Like, I I like to say that I think truth is the most important thing and being honest and whether or not you have a different perspective from somebody else, that's fine. But facts are facts and you should at least cope with those first, even if your perspective is skewed or biased or whatever, at least start from the same place in terms of facts. But... Then there are times where it genuinely, I don't know that somebody's life is going to be better knowing. Would it matter? Would they be happier? Is happier worth lies? Is it like, does it's just a very interesting question in this We're, case? You know, that's a whole other thing because Will's suffering, so I yeah. obviously clearly think the truth in this case, but there are times where it's much more ambiguous.
1: You know, when I first moved into my own place, not the move I just did, but my own place three years ago, I did not, I stopped getting cable. I stopped getting the newspaper. I did, I just, I subsisted on Netflix, Hulu, and Apple TV. And that's sort of, I'm, and we're still doing that now in the new place. But I always had a newspaper around. There was always the news on if there was nothing else. And I was a pretty well informed person. Mm-hmm. And I still think I'm better informed than a lot of people because at least I'm trying and
0: mm-hmm. most
1: people do. I I don't really bother, but it was amazing to me as I lost the ability to easily access sort of the goings on uh, day to day of day to day stuff. It wasn't quite as easily available to me. And so I stopped keeping track of it and it was shocking how much happier I got Mm -hmm. when I stopped paying attention to all the things going around that I could not easily change on my own and just sort of turned off my brain to it a little bit and I don't I think that that's and I don't I feel like I should feel like it's horribly dangerous I don't know that it is but it it almost disturbed me when I realized like wow I'm happier just generally speaking the less I think about this stuff
0: and that's you know it's funny because I was just talking about that with I think Miles on the Game of Thrones episode where they have done studies that show that people with lower IQs. I just listened are, to that today. Yeah. Are, are living happier lives. And that is a major part of, I don't know if you're familiar with like, um, the power of now and that whole, like, no. it's basically a pro it's a, it's the attitude of living life in the present moment and not worrying about the past, which you cannot control and the future, which you cannot control and simply living in the present moment and focusing on what's going on now because we live our lives so disconnected from the actual moment we're living in that we're missing our own lives. And one of the first steps towards living in the moment is going on a news fast and just not reading the news, not watching the news, not being on your phone. If you're on your phone, it's like purely for phone reasons, like Mm. actual calls. And that's it. And so many people said that they couldn't believe just after a week of the news fast, just how much their mood had improved. It's really not, I think being informed is important, but that we do not take action most of the time. Let's be honest with ourselves. We can yeah. read things and get angry, but the majority of the time we don't do anything with that anger and it just festers, I think. So if you're going to do something, then that's actual like, it's, it's like getting the poison out. But right. if you're just going to read it and sit there and be angry and snipe at people on Facebook comments, you're not doing anybody any favors. You're just littering the world with more – like pointless anger. So I think that makes complete sense. And that's sort of why I decided to do broadcast was I felt myself getting so angry all the time that I was like, I have to do something or I'm just going to lose my mind. Like I can't yeah. just sit here and read this stuff. So yeah.
1: Yeah, it's, it's one of those – it was i was actually just thinking of it was a comedy routine i think it was chris hardwick but i could be wrong uh it was somebody talking about how they felt like dumb people were really good at sex and but it was really hard for them because they spent the whole time that the comedian personally really hard for them cuz they spent the whole time going like Okay, is that good? I think that's good. She made a noise. Why'd she make a noise? Is that a good noise or a bad noise? Okay, well, let's let, let's speed up. Let's try that. Okay, how's that? Should I move my hand here? I moved my hand here. She moved. Why did she move? What happened <sighs> so in, yeah, It gets so lost in the minutiae of the moment that they cannot just relax and enjoy the fact that they're having sex.
0: Yeah, I am familiar with that.
1: Yeah, me too. I related way too much. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> uh, anyway, Hannibal.
0: Yeah, back to that. So, you know, whatever. So,
1: um, all right. So after the brain scan, we this is Jack and Hannibal. They have a scene together, which they haven't in a couple of episodes. And they're sitting by the fire drinking uh, like they were during the Miriam episode. And they're talking about Will. And Hannibal is like playing the concerned friend here,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, which is weird. It's not, but it is. And Hannibal's sort of saying, you put him in a potentially destructive environment. And Jack comes back and says, I, I had eight dead girls and Will caught their killer.
0: Mm-hmm. And Hannibal says, yes, but he also caught his disease. And I was like, did he have encephalitis? And then I was like, oh, all
1: right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yeah, he, Will can't stop thinking about what it's like to take a life. And Jack says, and this is sort of, again, like, this is like his his thesis statement as a character, that I'd rather he go a little mad than innocents lose their lives. And Jack reassures himself by saying, Will can take anything I put him through. He'll always fight his way back to himself.
0: Yeah. And Hannibal just says, not always. So far. It's like, oh, ouch.
1: I was wondering if Jack honestly believes that, or Jack was saying it out loud, so he hoped it sounded like- Oh,
0: for sure the second one. Yeah. If he he
1: heard it out loud, maybe he could convince himself that that was the truth.
0: Yep. Yeah. And I think when Hannibal responds with, not always, so far, he just like kind of crum- Like, you see his face fall, because he's like, you're not supposed to say it. Stop. (laughs) It's like taking a pin and poking a hole in his little soap bubble that he just worked so hard on.
1: Yeah um Oh, and the scene end, I just I liked this little bit as well, where Hannibal tells Jack they went to go see a neurologist. Oh, right. And he said Will was Will was very upset when they told him nothing was wrong, because he was looking for an answer that wasn't mental illness.
0: Man, I this is something too. Like, because he says he's so he's so puzzled for a sec. Like he was he wanted something to be wrong. I'm like, dude, of course you want to know what's wrong. If you feel like something's wrong, then chances are there is. And if you get an answer and you can deal with it, that's so much better. I had this weird thing. It was the the year that I was engaged to Brendan and we were planning our wedding. And I was in culinary school for pastry and baking. And I was having these crazy symptoms. I was having like seizures in my hands. Um, I was fainting. I was breaking out in these like horrible rashes I was, uh, just like a lot of very strange things. And I was going to doctors and they were like, well, maybe you have lupus, maybe you have MS and like saying scary ass shit. And then just being like, but maybe not. And just, you know, like this woman says later, like they just guess at shit. Well, it turns out I have a real problem with gluten. And I'm not going to say I have celiacs because I'm not positive. Cause I never got tested because to get tested, you have to have a sample of your fucking uh, stomach lining taken or your intestines. So I was that just not awesome. excited about that. So I just decided, let me stop eating gluten and see what happens. And every single symptom disappeared completely oh. gone. So I so will you're, just,
1: you're actually gluten intolerant.
0: <laughs> I believe I actually am. And if I'm not, then whatever I lost like 30 pounds once I stopped eating gluten and I'm perfectly happy yeah, yeah, yeah. with that too. But yeah. it's, it's definitely like I wanted one of these doctors to know. I wanted them to say, Oh, you have X, Y, Z. Cause then you can work with that. You know, you can have right. some feeling of control over it, but when it's just this nebulous, well, who knows? And you know, that's obviously the fear that will has. And this woman talking later about her daughter and just like, you know, just turns into Um, management instead of a cure or treatment, the look on his face, like this is so not what you want to hear. It's just basically, it sounds like they're saying, well, you just have to give up and accept you're fucked. Oh, well, like (laughs) have fun with that. You know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I, I, you know, it's the, the idea of that when you name something, you, you can, you can categorize it. You can on it. You can quantify it. You can, even if it's like, you know, you have brain cancer and you're going to die. You're like, okay, well now I know that I mm-hmm. can, and not that that's not the worst thing in the world. Cause I'm sure that it is, but at least it gives you something you can point a finger at.
0: Mm-hmm. It gives so. you somewhere to direct your frustration and your anger.
1: Yes. There you go. That's, that's what I was trying to say. Mm-hmm. Um, so
0: it's like the same thing as reading the news. <laughs> <laughs> you just need somewhere to put it. Um, mm. All right, so
1: all right, so after this scene though, we go back to Will, and this is him coming back to the crime scene by himself.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And this was a, like I was wondering if this was a dream because why would you go be going back to a crime scene all by yourself?
0: In the middle when, of the fucking night. In the
1: middle of the freaking night, yeah. And Will starts to kind of freak out a little bit, and he does the clock thing because Hannibal told him like it's a it's a meditative thing or a calming mm. thing, or he spun him some story. And so Will does the you know uh, Will Graham. I'm in this place. It's ten thirty six p.m. and and he finds the girl or the you know the the killer girl presumably under the bed. Yeah. And Will grabs her arm, and her arm comes off.
0: That But that wasn't under the bed. That was in the woods.
1: No, no, no. He was – they were in the bedroom when that happened.
0: When he her grabbed, arm comes off?
1: He grabs her and, yeah, the skin sloughs off her arm. Yeah, that happens in the bedroom.
0: I thought he finds her in the bedroom way later under the bed.
1: No, this is because right, right after this happens, Will runs out to the woods and loses – alone and loses time. And when he wakes up and he looks again, so it's one seventeen a.m.
0: I thought asleep. that happened before. Um, mm, I'm thinking, I don't feel like that's right. Well, I guess it doesn't matter. But I like distinctly remember him standing in the woods when her arm just comes off. But maybe I'm just remembering wrong. Yes. I just thought that was. Um, it definitely
1: could be, but this is the order my notes are in. Okay, uh, so that's that's the best I got. But
0: uh, but yeah,
1: but my. Because later on, they say, well, what happened to the skin? And he goes, like, I lost it. Yeah. Lost time in between when it happened and then when he wakes up again and it's been three hours. Okay,
0: okay. Okay, I got you. Uh,
1: Um, Yeah, he finds the girl and she looks like like Linda Blair on The Exorcist, kind of.
0: Oh, my God. This was... When her... I thought this was a dream, too. Her whole fucking skin comes off like a glove, as he puts it. I really thought it was a dream and some sort of horrible... But no apparently this is a thing. Oh God. (laughs) (sighs) Yeah. No, like, um, okay. Yeah.
1: (laughs) So it's a, I feel like that description did not do the scene justice at all. No, it's it's really, really disturbing. Um, and then, again, this whole thing, they have that sort of confrontation in the bedroom, and she, like, throws the bed at him or something. And then he runs, and all of a sudden, he's lost time. And, again, he does the clock thing, but now it's been three hours. Yeah. Like, holy crap, what just happened? He's just wandering in the woods for three hours? Like, where did he suddenly go for hours of time?
0: Yeah, I don't... i um, <laughs> <so. laughs> This, I'm... I'm... Oh, is... Hannibal trying to get him like I feel like Hannibal wants to set him up and I don't know what he wants to set him up for or why or what but it concerns me um because I feel like it would be very easy to make him think that he killed somebody Mm -hmm. I don't I'm and does he – does Han, does Hannibal want that? Does he want Will to think – I don't know what he wants.
1: You know, it was well, – what my feeling was – again, I'm just going off the first time that I was watching all this. Um, you said that you think Hannibal's setting him up. My feeling wasn't that he was setting him up but that he was winding him up. And, and then
0: going to just like let him – And then just let him
1: go and see how far he can walk before he topples over like a tin soldier.
0: Huh. Okay, that's just so pointless, though, I guess. But if it's just for fun, I guess it's fine.
1: And that's kind of, that was sort of it. I mean, I I feel like, uh, unless you are like a, you know, on a mission from God kind of killer, I feel like that sort of nihilism is pretty that feels very apparent to me in Hannibal that feels right. very very prominent of and it doesn't really matter anyway so what the hell
0: yeah um, that makes all right all right I so think that, I was, that was
1: my feeling and this is around the time in the season when I sort of came to that conclusion that that's what I thought he was doing so um so we'll see <laughs> <laughs> I well,
0: guess we'll, we will
1: <laughs> um so we go so will finds out it's 117 a.m. he's lost time he's in the middle of the woods we go to a commercial he comes back and Beverly is at the crime scene with him but it's just her
0: Yeah this was I'm really hoping that this becomes more of a thing because she is so non-judgmental about how Completely off the wall he is with a lot of his responses and just not knowing shit or saying things that are really strange that anybody else would be like yeah all right buddy and she just sort of takes it in stride you can tell that it does freak her out a little bit but sure. she just works with it she's like well uh, that's you so let's just take that all right where do, where do I go from here and there's something that I love about that kind of person who just like lets somebody talk because you find out so much more that way people sh- when you just let them go and. It's a lot more revealing than asking questions half the time.
1: Yeah. And I I love the two of them together. I think, you know, they have great chemistry, not like in a romantic way, but they're just, they they play well off each other. I think that her ability to roll with Will's weirdness makes them a really cool team.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh,
1: And they sort of are going through her thing. She's talking him through what happened. He can't remember what he did with the skin that came off. Uh, And this is where Will guesses that the girl can't see faces.
0: Yeah, that was like quite a leap to make. I mean, apparently he's correct, which is really good look for Hannibal because I'm not sure Hannibal knew she was showing up. It was quite convenient, but I don't know that he really actually knew that. Um, And I'm just like the leap here was a tiny bit of a moment of like, really for me. Just a little. And then I just was like, all right, fine. I guess I'll let it go.
1: You know, for me, like, they established in the very first episode that Will makes leaps he can't explain.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's what
1: makes him so good. That's so true. So when he does this, they I don't feel like they over-rely on it. So when they do it, I it, it definitely might jar me for a second. But it's like, yeah, that's fine. That's what Will does. And and it's cool. <laughs> you know, especially at the last scene of the scene when we see it through her eyes to go like, oh, wow. That's disturbing. And they set it up beforehand. So, awesome. Uh, and oh, it Will says he called Beverly because he's not sure what he saw was real. And then at the end of the scene, he mentions the killer can't accept her reality. I can understand that.
0: Yeah. Oh man, and he yells when she when he's like you know tussling with her that you are alive. Yeah. And that's right. when he talks to Jack later, he's like maybe that hadn't occurred to her in a while. I'm like oh my god, that's the saddest sentence I've ever heard. Yeah, she and, thinks
1: she's dead. Ew, that's horrible. And, and, I, and actually, total coincidence, I saw this the other day, uh, the next day, That rather. They mentioned she has Cotard's syndrome.
0: Yes. And, and
1: then, like, the, I'd never heard of it before. I didn't know what it was. And then the next day, I randomly came across a thing about Cotard's syndrome and how it's, it's the belief that you are dead. Wow. I don't know what that has to do with the skin thing or, like, the pigment thing. Yeah, or I wonder if that's just a whole thing.
0: separate thing.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know. But yeah, that's what guitar syndrome is according to a random website I stumbled across. Mm-hmm. So I, I, but yeah, but that's right. During that whole thing, he's shouting at her, you are alive, you are alive. Um, which plays in later when she comes back to find him.
0: Um. Yeah, this, oh, okay, you go.
1: And this is, and that's actually that's almost right where we are. Uh, it's Will and Hannibal have a real quick scene first and this is, he draws the clock again and again, it's way wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and and the, Will asks him, "Will you ever publish anything about me?"
0: I love and, that Hannibal doesn't say no. I and, was so and, gl- me
1: too. Yeah, and it's also like this is Will like catching on for a second that there is an extra layer to the to their relationship here, mm-hmm. and he gets it wrong. He's not looking to publish him, but he can like there is that level of like you are just analyzing me every second of the day, aren't
0: yeah, you?
1: Yeah. Yep. Uh, so yeah, and this is where they talk about oh why she killed the way she killed. She couldn't see the victim's face or she was trying to uncover the victim's face. Right. Which is why she tried to peel her skin back.
0: Makes sense. Like in this terrible way. It really does.
1: And this is when, yeah, Will is asleep and he's restless and he's, you know, doing his, restless sleeping thing <laughs> <laughs> well said Where so. every time we turn on the the recording i lose half my vocabulary i swear <laughs> to god
0: <laughs> but, that was really good though <laughs> <laughs> but
1: will is asleep and the girl is outside his house And then you cut back to Will, and they cut back again, and she's looking through his window.
0: Oh, my God.
1: And if I can say, we just moved in, and for the first time in my life, I am living on a first-floor apartment. Yeah, that's the worst, isn't it? Rewatching this episode. and I love living in a first-floor apartment so far, but rewatching this episode, I went, oh, fuck. Oh, no. No, 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 no. They're going to look at me. They can't look at me. (laughs) That's not cool.
0: I have always tried really hard not to live in first floors if I could help it, and I – When I moved to Philly, a lot of the houses we looked on were not only, like, the door was on the first floor right up against the sidewalk, but all the, like, living room windows were... Like, if somebody was walking on the sidewalk, their face would be two feet away from your living room window, Uh which I just hated. So we got a place that had a big front porch to be a buffer, and now I'm living in a ranch, and it is on the first floor, and apparently the previous owner, like put nails in so the windows can only be lifted to like six inches. So, so somebody wouldn't um, be able to like climb in, but there's something about those nails being there in the first place that just really <laughs> creeps me out. Like knowing that that's a thing, you know yeah. what I mean?
1: Yeah. Ew. Yeah. That's just, it's never been an issue for me. And I've always, again, the apartment I moved from was a second floor apartment and it was for the last two months, at least, it's routinely 80 degrees in my apartment and <laughs>
0: that's, that's where the thermostat
1: stops. I'm pretty sure it's hotter for most of the summer and it was awful. And so I just, I'm done with, with these second floor apartments. I'm done with stairs. I'm done with all that shit. So, uh, yeah, the first floor thing was really nice until I saw this girl looking through the window <laughs> and sleeping well. And I went, Oh God damn it. Bees.
0: <laughs> that's <Yeah>. funny. Um, <laughs> but it's not funny because then she's under his bed
1: this is true This <sighs> is true. um but before we go there they we, we actually get information on who she is and they were able to match some of the tissue samples to medical records and they find the girl her name is georgia Madchen, and this is where jack and will meet with the girl's mother
0: and she was a really good actress she was great really good i just love the self-consciousness when she's saying things that she knows sound terrible, but it's like she's been under so much strain and grief that she doesn't even really care that it sounds terrible anymore. She probably would never have said it out loud a few years ago. And now she's gotten to this place where she's like, yeah, I'm just going to tell the truth. It was easier for her to be in a coma than what we had been going through. And yeah, that's horrible. And I'm still saying it. She, and the way that she's like half laughing when they're like, so what did the doctor say? And she's like crying and laughing. Like, what did they say? Fucking nothing. That's what yeah. like, oh, she was really good.
1: Yeah, she goes through all the symptoms of the mental illness that Georgia has. And they're exactly like Wills. Mm-hmm. And they did blood tests and brain scans. And they were inconclusive. Yeah. And th- this whole scene, basically this is a parallel to like the, the, the Angel Guy episode where there is the, where Jack is sitting there talking to the mother of a victim. Mm hmm. And or the wife of the, the wife of the killer, excuse me. And he realizes everything that they're talking about is exactly describing his, his relationship situation with, with his, his wife, wife who's yeah. been hiding from him. Uh, but, it, but again, it, but it's once again, a great scene. And I, and what I like at the very end, she says, what I learned from everything that she, when she was doing her own research or whatever, is how little we know about mental illness. It's not about finding solutions. It's about managing expectations.
0: Mm-hmm. Which is the kiss of death, that Which sentence.
1: A, it's a total bummer. <laughs> <laughs> and then but then we go right into a scene with Bill and Jack in the office where Jack walks in and Will says, so are you managing your expectations?
0: Yeah. And
1: it's like, oh. Right? Um,
0: I feel like, I just, Hannibal, stop it. Just stop it, okay? Just don't. Like, Will genuinely has enough fucked up shit in his head that he doesn't need this added on top of it for him to be fascinating to watch. Why do you need to do this, Tim? (laughs) Come on, dude. Uh,
1: Yeah, and they have, but Will and Jack, they have this weird conversation. It's, it's, It's like a continuation of the one they had at the start of the episode where Jack asks him, you know, why are you still here when both of us know this is bad for you? And Will says, do you want me to quit? Like he won't,
0: he He won't answer the the questions. Yeah. He's just throwing back more questions. Like he just doesn't want to actually have a discussion about this,
1: but he's gone from asking Jack, like, this isn't good for me. And I need to stop to saying like, no, I'm not going to stop because it's taken you so freaking long to catch on.
0: Yep. He's just being an obstinate child. Now he kind
1: of is. Mm -hmm. And I kind of love that (laughs) because, well, it, it it would be easy for him to be like a professional or to be like – like his feelings on this have clearly evolved and to the point where he's just just kind of bitter about it. And we didn't have to see that happen. And I don't know. I just kind of liked it that it's not the response that he would have given maybe three episodes ago and it's not the response I expected him to have. Yeah. But it makes total sense given everything that we've seen. It,
0: mm-hmm.
1: It's uh, it's, just, it's just good writing. We, we we were shown all this stuff; they didn't have to tell us. Yeah. So it just suddenly makes sense. Um, and Jack also posits that working in this environment has created a sense of stability for him when he otherwise has nothing in his life, and that's why Will wants to stay.
0: I guess. I like guess probably. I mean, I don't know. It's like I don't like. I don't like the situation in general where Jack has to explain to Will why he, you know, like, don't make him do that, dude. If you're going to have this conversation, then have it, but don't put it out there that he's got to like project something. It just felt like so snotty of Will at this point to be like, well, why do you think? I-? Like, don't you answer the question? You're an adult. He asked you why you're here. Just answer him. And, yeah. and then him saying, well, I'm built on sand. Like, well, then quit. He just said, do you want to keep doing this? All you did was argue. And then as soon as he says something about a foundation, you're like, well, uh, my foundation shifting sand. Well, then maybe that's your answer. But he doesn't actually want to talk about it at all. It's super frustrating.
1: It is. But also, I mean, that that's that place also that people who have like a long standing illness get to after a while where mm-hmm. they're just there he's just angry i think yeah he, he's he's moved past being scared and now he's just pissed
0: uh, it so, makes me think of like somebody who had like um been really depressed and been talking about it. And people were just being like, Oh, you're so dramatic. Why do you have to be like this? And then they try and kill themselves and everybody's all concerned. And they're like, Oh yeah, I kind of made it very clear that I was going through this and you just ignored it. But now all of a sudden it's real. Okay, cool. Like just sort of feeling like you don't know who your real friends are. You know, I've had friends with that situation where it's like nobody cared until it was really, really bad or until, they were going to feel like a bad person for not addressing it. Like the guilt was too much really was where it wound up. It wasn't even about them being concerned. It was more about themselves, even in that case, which I think is sort of where it is with Jack because of losing. What's her face.
1: uh, Miriam. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's it. And it's even though I've been saying exactly the same thing that you've been, this isn't the perspective I had on the conversation before we started recording. So that's interesting. That it's not i don't know i don't i don't know exactly how i saw this conversation beforehand but that makes a lot of sense okay so, okay so <laughs> <laughs> so we're back to hannibal and he's having dinner with dr sutcliffe and they have like this long debate over the merits of expensive pig
0: there is a giant human leg on that table <laughs> like that's what's happening right there right
1: i was honestly i was trying to think because they didn't it must be. It has yes. to be. Yes, it I mean, has come
0: to. on. He smoked yes. and cured that shit himself. That is yeah. his own... Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Jesus um, Christ. It's just so grotesque. <laughs> oh, my God.
1: <laughs> and, um, But, yeah, they go back and forth about expensive pig, and if it is or is isn't, do you really know? Does it really taste different? Does it something, something, something? Mm-hmm. Um, it, but the scene sort of eventually boils down to why is Hannibal doing this? Is he trying to put out Will's fire or watch him burn or what's going on? He asked the same thing that you've been asking. Like, what's the deal?
0: Yeah. I really don't know that. I mean, I, I think when he asks him that, if I get the feeling that Hannibal doesn't even have an answer, he doesn't know why it's just because, and this guy, when he says like, um, well, now that we know more about it so that we can hide it from him better The dude definitely has kind of an uncomfortable look on his face. And I think maybe Hannibal's realizing, like, he's not going to be able to do this for very long. So I'm going to have to get rid of him. I'm not sure that's why, if it was part of the plan from the very start, or if it's because the guy felt like he was waffling. But I kind of got that feeling after this scene. I
1: think it could be. I think that there's, you know, Hannibal, I feel like if he... I feel like he could have trusted. I, I can't think of the guy's Tobias. I think he could have trusted Tobias to sort of keep the, his serial killer secret and whatever, because Tobias was like him. Mm-hmm. And I think he can use Doctor Sutcliffe as part of his as part of his little game because he can play into his greed or his ambition. Right. But those emotions that you know th- those are emotions and those are fickle.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: And I think, I think you're right. I think whether, whether it happens quite on screen or not, I think he sort of figures out like, yeah, this is, this guy's a regular person and regular people can't hack this.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty much it. Like, it's just, um, I feel like the guy would have definitely been interested had he not, I almost feel like the fact that Hannibal calls himself Will's friend and is doing that, in this dinner, Mm -hmm. I think almost that is the moment where this guy starts to be like, you know what? I don't think so after all, because it was just too, if he was trying to say at the same time as doing this to somebody, well, I'm his friend and I'll stop it once it gets to be too much. If he's not just going to own it and be like, yeah, we're doing something kind of shitty, but let's make it for the sake of science, which is what he said in the first place. And that seemed to resonate with the guy. But once he starts to step back from it, and call himself Will's friend. That's when I think it sort of sunk in that, no, this guy is full of shit and manipulating. And this is not actually even close to the right thing to do. Right. But.
1: Um, and the last thing we learned in the scene is that Will has asked for more tests.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And this brings us right back to Will and the MRI machine. And he goes in and he comes out of the machine and there's no one around.
0: Here um, is another moment where you don't know if it's fucking real or not
1: yeah there's no one at the machines there's no one in the hallway uh, Will gets dressed off screen Yeah. and then comes into the hallway and he finds blood on the door handle of the doctor's office walks in and Sutcliffe is it's like a the Irish smile sort of turned into we've re- almost removed your head
0: yeah he's almost like done the cello thing yes his yeah. tongue is sticking out oh my god it's so horrifying yeah.
1: Colombian necktie uh, <laughs> um, but yeah it just seriously like the, the girl was pretty grotesque but this is i don't know if this is better or worse to be honest
0: i think um, this is worse
1: like, i think I th-
0: this is worse but you i know. feel like
1: obviously it's it's grizzlier sort of but i think it's for me i think it may be d dehumanized the, the body enough where it's not as affecting to me as just, just little cuts that extend your smile
0: for hmm. it should go.
1: But I suppose that doesn't matter. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I suppose. Wow. That was some creepy, sociopathic talk right there, Alan.
1: <laughs> and, you know, Will's obviously freaked out, but we go right to the crime scene and Beverly telling him, you're clean. You couldn't have done this without getting something on you. This wasn't you.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, there, and he doesn't remember any confusion. He doesn't feel like he's, you know, lost time or whatever.
0: But just to have that fear in the first place, like, oh, my God, living yeah. with that all the time.
1: Yeah. And Jack and Will speculate. And I was totally on board with this, this speculation until we get to the very end that Georgia Mansion follows you here, attacks Sutcliffe because she can't see faces, and she thinks the Sutcliffe is Will. Mm-hmm. And the reason being, because he kept screaming to her that you're alive, you're alive. Maybe she heard me, and he hasn't, that hasn't occurred to her in a while. Right. And this is where we come back to Georgia being under Will's bed, and it's what's good is he's asleep, and he wakes up and finds her under the bed.
0: That was absolutely terrifying, and the fact that he like rolls off the bed onto the floor next to her i'm like are you out of your mind you have gone into her territory (laughs) sir she's going to have the home advantage what are you doing but yeah
1: yeah Uh, but it's actually it's a really interesting scene it's um i don't know the only context i can have to describe it i got to go see jurassic world last night which was excellent and i I kind of want to it's uh it's it's they do it exactly right it's the the big complaints i've heard is that it doesn't um it doesn't do anything new but it didn't need to it, right it, and what it does it does really really well um but i kind of want to compare it to something in that and i won't because no one has seen the movie yet uh, unless you went to the thursday midnight showings like so, so, I, so yes <laughs> <laughs> unabashedly but anyway So I will make no comparison. He rolls on the floor. He sees her and he says, I see you, Georgia. And he does the clock thing with her, which is, again, him mistaking this thing for like a therapeutic treatment. Right. But it works. Yeah. (laughs) And just sort of calmly saying, you're a Georgia mansion. Here's where you are.
0: Here's the time. Well, it's sort of interesting that you're saying it's mistaking it. But I think that it's the same as the conversation about the pig. He perceives it to be helpful. So it's helpful. Mm. You know, he thinks that it's therapeutic and it is, I don't know. Fair point. Fair
1: point. Uh, but Georgia finally speaks to him at the end of the scene.
0: She so mm-hmm. asks,
1: am I alive? At which point we go into the hospital. Saddest
0: question in the whole world.
1: Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and all is well, it's, it's over. There's no standoff. There's no guns drawn, which mm-hmm. is nice. Um, But they're in, they're at the hospital. Will and Jack and Hannibal are in Hannibal's office and Georgia is in like this tube with lesions all over her body.
0: Oh my God.
1: But she's looking like a, like a person again.
0: Finally. Yeah. But Jesus Christ.
1: Yeah. And they're kind of talking about her. She has guitar syndrome. She will recover. Uh, I guess that happens. And they ask how much do you think she'll remember? (laughs) And Hannibal says, for her sake, let's hope she doesn't
0: remember much. Because I don't want to have to kill her, too.
1: <laughs> and then <laughs> the last, our last scene is a flashback to the office where Georgia walks in and Hannibal is murdering, carving up Sutcliffe.
0: Oh, my God. This was, and, the, and he's wearing this crazy getup. He's
1: wearing the Dr. Evil suit. Yes, this plastic suit.
0: It's like what they wear, like, hazmat when they're working with, like, Ebola and stuff. Yeah, you know? and
1: this is this is a question you've been asking for a long time is how does Hannibal do this?
0: Mm-hmm. So he's got kind of a Dexter thing going on a tiny bit. Yes. yes. <laughs> um,
1: and we do see it starts off normal, but then we, we switch over into Georgia's perspective and she walks in and Hannibal has no face.
0: Yeah. I'm wondering if she saw enough to still know who he is. He doesn't speak, so she won't know his voice, yep. but he has a fairly distinctive look even without his face. Um, but at the same time, she's really just not in her right mind overall. So even if she does remember who's going to believe her and will she trust her own memories? I don't know. It's just a very bizarre thing overall.
1: Yeah. Oh, and the last thing is he hands her scissors. Yes.
0: Which is great. That's where the fucking DNA comes from. Okay. Yeah. Bastards.
1: And that's the end of our episode.
0: Oh, that was rough. I wish that we had gone to like, I'm not trying to guilt you because you mm. had to cancel for perfectly legit reasons, but it was just, I was so hype after I watched it the first time that having a week between, I'm just still like, Oh, but no, but.
1: I felt so bad about that. Cause I love this episode. This is one of this, one of, if not my favorite episode of the season, I just think it's so interesting to me. I think it's so cool. And it's got so much just creepy, unnerving stuff in it. And that night, that was the, where we usually record Thursday nights. I was moving Friday morning at 8 a.m. Mm-hmm. And I got out of work uh, at 2 o'clock mm-hmm. and I was packing until 3 in the morning and straight still didn't get everything packed by the movers came. Mm-hmm. So and I was just like, oh, God damn it! I cannot do this. And,
0: and so- I am so familiar with that. You think that you're in pretty good shape. And then you look around and you suddenly realize like, no, I've packed like maybe half. Yeah. Like you think you're good because you just don't. Yeah. Yeah. yeah
1: but I but I, said, I love this episode so much and I hate it to cancel. But uh,
0: it but- happens. I'm probably going to have to do it to you at some point too. Oh, Jesus. I know. Right. It's <laughs> bitch.
1: But it's, uh, but I love this episode. I, I think we even said before it started, or I said before it started. The strength of this episode just carries it through however much time has passed since we saw it. Because it's just, it's so good. It's so distinct and so just visually interesting for so many different reasons. I I'm wondering it.
0: if this girl's going to stick around at all because they did that with Fabigail and that was very unexpected. So, it's true. You know. They that's might, because they do sort of like to finish things.
1: But yeah, this show does not leave a lot of loose ends so far.
0: Yeah. Um, um, all right. Well, I guess that's it. I want to say hi to new patrons. Mm. Um, since I didn't get to say hi last week, I'm going to start off with last week's names. Um, if they haven't been listening to the other shows. So, let's see. Starting from last week, new patrons. Ryan mm. Lewis Selwood... Aisha Addington, Elaine Herardine, Rachel Fleming, Kate Breslin, Runyon FT, Mitch Kiko, Brittany Holman, Carter Bernard, Tobito, Joshua Hartley, Chris, Allie Gorlick, Emily Riggins, Eva Gomez, Mason Morello, and Jean Hominal. Hi, Gene. Gene actually messaged me on Facebook and was like, I love your show. This is so fun. And then I realized that he had just become a patron like two minutes earlier. <laughs> I was <laughs> like, oh, it's you. Thank you. Um, and then on Bandcamp, we have Lauren Harrison, Maggie, James Brock, Avery Bean, Reese Brown, Chris Miracle, Jade, who specifically subscribed to Hannibal. Hi, Jade. Hi, Gene. Carter Bernard, Jay Diwa, and... Desmond and Amber Herring. So those are all the new people that are going to be joining on the Facebook page, exclusive Facebook page and everything. I'm pretty stoked about how much the ball has gotten rolling. A lot yeah. of people joining up and it's really exciting. So
1: no, absolutely. New people are they You're our favorite people of the week.
0: Totally favorite. Number yeah. ones. All absolutely. of you are number one. Cause that's <laughs> how that works. Um, did you want to plug anything, Alan? I don't know if you got anything uh, going
1: on. No, not particularly. If if you're interested, I I am steadily twittering at uh, at Al Kingsley. But uh, other than that, nope. I'm just just unpacking steadily boxes. Steadily twittering. So. Uh, no, I got nothing going on. That's just that's it. Just living life, living the dream. Right on. Watching Hannibal.
0: Um. All right, well, then I think then we are all set. So thank you guys so much for listening, and we will see you next week with a new episode. Bye, everyone. Bye, guys. Hey, everybody, did the
1: news get around about a guy named Butcher Pete? Old Pete just flew into this town, and he's chopping up all the women's meat. He's hacking and whacking and smacking. He's hacking and whacking and smacking. He's hacking and whacking and smacking. He just hacks and whacking. whacking. He's whacking, whacking. But your pete has got a long sharp knife, he starts chopping and don't know when to stop. All you fellas gotta watch your wives, cause peep don't care whose meat he chops. He's
0: hackin' and whackin' smackin', he's hackin' and whackin'